2: This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined as I am each and every week by my dear friend, the editor and publisher of thespun.com, the best sports aggregate site anywhere. I love it. It's in my favorites. I read it every morning. If Dear God, it is the pop culture of all sports, including, I learned today, Travis Kelsey is dating uh, tra- uh, Taylor... Swan, uh, swan not Swift. swine. Uh, uh, Taylor, what's her name? The girl singer, Swift. Huh?
3: Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift.
2: Okay, yeah, she's a country singer.
3: <laughs> I learned
2: the other day, by the way, that she's very popular now. She just doesn't do country music. Sorry, I'm not in. I'm not a pulp culture connoisseur. And that Kim Dardy Kardashian or Kardashian kar, something.
3: Is dating somebody. And I thought she was dating Reggie Bush, but I guess that's not the case anymore. That was, uh that's about 15 years ago or so.
2: Yeah, and I think she has a TV show.
3: Yes, I think she still does. It's changed, okay. but I think she's still around with that.
2: But if there's actual sports information on there, I don't care about the TMZ dating stuff, but I love it. Make sure you're reading the spun.com. Okay, Matt, let's dig right into it. Raiders are one and one, which is where we predicted them to be. Um, there is no shame in going to Buffalo and losing, but how they lost is the problem. Um, and we're gonna get into this a lot today, but how they lost, um, I am not concerned about the defense. I think it's better. I said all along, I don't think it's a top 15 defense. I think it has the ability to get into the teens, 19, 18, 17. And if they do, they're going to do well and get to the nine wins I predicted. But they had some big stops, and they just ran out of gas because the offense couldn't do anything. Again, nothing. no shame in the loss, but there's some embarrassment in how they lost. Your, your quick recap of the Buffalo
3: game. Yeah, you know, I thought that, I mean, obviously – the first drive is just the first drive. But it's hard to have a better start than the Raiders did. They get the ball right down the field, I think five or six plays, a couple of throws to Devontae Adams. I love the little uh jet sweep to Trey Tucker, um to get him in space. And it looked like they were, you know, ready to ready to, to come to be a force all day and be in that game. Then Buffalo, I think, kind of settled in, and I think Buffalo showed they were a desperate team because no one ever wants to start 0 two in the NFL, and especially coming off that loss to the Jets, uh, it seemed like they woke up. To me, I think some of the concerns, if you're the Raiders, are um, obviously not really being able to do anything offensively or put points, put many points on the board after that first drive. But Jimmy Garoppolo did what you don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo do, and that's turn the ball over. You never want to see him give the ball up, especially, you know, the first turnover in uh, Raider territory, kind of flipped momentum, changed everything around. You rely on him to take what's there, execute your offense, and, you know, control the ball, keep a hole in the ball, do not cough it up. And I think that, you know, if he's doing that, it, it's it's – Not a good sign for the Raiders in games moving forward. So we'll see how they bounce back. They have a winnable game on Sunday night. Steelers won Monday night. Didn't look good at all offensively. Steelers defense is still good, but they were terrible. The Raiders can get.
2: You know the the thing that you saw from Buffalo, which is what championship teams had, is you saw the Raiders came in and just punched them in the face, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and then they were like, "All right." that's what I'm looking for in the Raiders this week. They should beat the Steelers. Um, I think they will beat the Steelers and go to two and one. And then this was a learning experience, but you you can't just, uh, you just can't sweep it under the rug. I want to ask you about Hunter Renfro. He said one pass thrown to him in two games. Now let's go back. I reported last year after the season that I would be shocked if he was on the team. Um, And I maintained that all the way through, and that when the season starts, I'd be shocked. After they had to pay his bonus for being on the team, for the contract that they gave him, um, I reported that I was hearing from people if he got moved, it was going to be probably late in training camp, early in the year, if a receiver goes down. The point of the matter is, is I don't think his targets have anything to do with what happened in the offseason, He's addressed the fact about adjustments. Him and I have a great relationship, and he clearly knows what I reported. Um, I'm not getting into why I reported it until he's no longer a Raider. Then I will. But the point was is that he's not being targeted. And the first game, you could understand it. There was a lot of, um, you know, two tight end sets where there only was a couple of receivers you you could you could justify it. And my job is to not be a hater or a Kool-Aid salesman. My job is to give the facts. So you could you when I when I asked why didn't this happen and they gave me legitimate reasons, I disseminated that to people. But after Sunday where he was open multiple times and Jimmy didn't get him the ball, I mean I don't think any of this has to do. I in fact, I know for a fact that has nothing to do with them in the off season with me with what I said. but Hunter Renfro is an all pro wide receiver and it's about time that someone there figures out how to get him the football because when you're getting stacked boxes and you don't have time to go do the five step drops, that was where Hunter Renfro makes his living. How vital is it? If the Raiders are going to be a successful team and get to nine wins,
3: <clears throat> which I predicted to get Hunter Renfro involved, man. Well, I think if you start to see um, him not getting involved or, or not getting the receptions over the next few weeks, you're going to start to see – you might see some of those trade rumors drop up again leading up to the deadline. But as long as he's on the Raiders and he's playing – I do think he's the type of guy you got to utilize. Now, I, again, we saw obviously we know Adams, Myers; those are your one and two. Um, Trey Tucker, they used him specifically uh, on that play early in the game in week two, and they're gonna—they have made it clear they're gonna find some places to utilize him uh, throughout the season. You don't take a kid with that speed in the third round if you're not going to, to use him. But if Hunter Renfro is going to play. A significant enough role on offense, you gotta. They have to find a way to get him involved and get him the ball because he can be a difference maker, moving the chains uh, out of that slot, matchup problem for for defenses because he can't cover him with the linebacker. You can't. He could can give a safety some trouble too, and then you move a cornerback down in, into the slot, and that f- frees up. Uh, you know, you move one of your better quarterbacks down, cornerbacks down, I should say that could free up Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams on the outside against a lesser player. So I do think they will start to use him a little bit more or get him the ball more because as long as he's on the roster, you kind of have to do that because he can play.
2: And I'm going to tell you, and I'm – excuse me, I've maintained this all along, and I've talked to a source very close to the situation that told me this week that Josh is frustrated at the lack of involvement. Josh McDaniels at the lack mm-hmm. of involvement of Hunter wants more Hunter involved. So, and and, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Tyree Wilson. I have said all along, I have no expectations for rookies. I want to see something, but I have no expectations. Ja'Corian Bennett has clearly been the best rookie so far. Michael Mayer. And Austin Hooper had a big catch against Denver, but Michael Mayer and Austin Hooper have almost disappeared. And and we know that teams are loading the box to stop Josh. Jacoby was big the first week, but you can't go through with only using one receiver a week. You know, it was Jacoby the first week, Devontae the second. When you look at this Raiders rookie class, this is a very good class. Josh, I mean, Dave Ziegler did a very good job with this draft. There is some, there's some war horses. Uh, there's some studs in this. That being said, I don't expect Tyree Wilson to go out and be an All Pro. I didn't even expect him to be a starter. Now Chandler Jones is not there, which we'll get to in a minute. And um, but I expected something. I mean, in the Dallas game, he gets beat, but the next play he drives the guy so far forward, showing off his 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 athleticism that he went past the quarterback almost like, oh my God, sorry. I mean you saw that in in preach in, in in preseason, and that was something to get excited about. There's been nothing. Nada Zilch Zero. I mean, Tyree Wilson. Has been invisible. And the point is, he's on the field. He's getting reps. I, I don't have unrealistic expectations of this rookie. I never thought he'd be a Pro Bowler. I didn't think he'd be a starter. But you know, with Chandler out, they've got to get something from him. I know he missed OTAs. I know he missed many camp. I know he missed 80% of training camp. So I'm not i, I I'm not pretending that um I expect much more out of him, but do something. Just don't be on the field occupying a two-foot box of grass. Do something. Matt, am I overreacting? Because after two games, I mean, and he's getting enough reps, there should be something. Michael Mayer hasn't had catches, but you can go back and say, wow, look at this block. Look at a couple things he did. You can see it. You can see it with every rookie. But Tyree Wilson... (laughs) Nothing, and again, I think the people calling it a bust, Cleveland Farrell 2.0, are overreacting. I'm not. I, I, I'm. Not, I'm so far away from that crowd. By the way, the views expressed in this podcast reflect those of me and Matt, and not you. So if you're easily offended, sorry, we don't care. Okay. Um, but back to Tyree. I want to see something. I mean, do you remember that Sergeant Bilko movie with Steve Martin when he says, "All right, drop and give me 50 pushups," and the guy looks him like. I'm a, I'm fat. He goes, all right, give me one, give me one. <laughs> a, am I wrong, Matt? I'm saying, I'm not even talking about a set. Just give me one.
3: No, no, I, I totally get it. And listen, it's too early to call two games. Anybody a bust. I understand what fans are coming from, uh, because as fans, you kind of bring either your positive or negative experiences with you onto the next group of players. So, you know, if you have a, a, a guy who, you know, say you have an undrafted player who becomes a, a starter, a defensive back. Well, you think, and you know, here's the thing a better example, because you covered college football for decades, you have a walk on kid who becomes a starter. Every walk on, you know how it is, every walk on after that, the fans think that he is going to be like that kid. And it's, It's just the opposite thing, but the same type of thought process with uh, Tyree Wilson uh, and Cleveland Farrell. Now, fans saw what happened with Cleveland Farrell, fourth overall pick, didn't live up to that status. They're worried about Tyree Wilson. I understand it. Too early to to write him off. I do think, though, listen, was he hurt, banged up, getting a little bit of a late start? And again, this was a kid who was a little bit raw coming out, wasn't expected to be, you know, a Micah Parsons. Really raw. Away, So you got to give him some time. I don't think it's unfair though to say, Hey, as he gets a little his feet under him more, gets more game reps. You want to see some flashes. You want to see him in the backfield, either making the tackle for a loss or at least getting after the quarterback, causing some pressure where you notice him on the field and you realize he's making a presence. Now, perhaps Sunday night is a night to do it because Kenny Pickett struggled uh, the first two games. He's a quarterback that you can pressure into making mistakes, I think. Maybe Tyree Wilson shows up Sunday night, so we'll see.
2: And let me just say something. I'm rooting for the kid. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to see a play and say, wow, Tyree Wilson was on the field, and I notice it because of what he did, not because he's on the field. Right, (laughs) yeah.
3: It's that I I trust me. I
2: get it. All right. I want to move to Chandler Jones and we're not going to get into Chandler's personal matter and, 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 and problem. Um, We'll just leave it right there. But now this is becoming an issue. The rate he's on the roster every week. He's inactive. He's not on the roster. The Raiders are going to have to deal with this at some point because even though I don't believe I know what they're, they're they're trying to handle this the best they can. I'm this is this next segment on Chandler is not critical of the Raiders and I don't have a problem being critical but it's not. The way they've handled this has endeared Josh McDaniels to his locker room. but at some point this is going to have to get dealt with because Chandler's occupying a spot on the roster. And this is a team that needs horses, needs players. And if if, if this matter can't be – I'm not going to give an opinion if it can or can't. But at some point, it's going to be a Fisher Cup bait. Those roster spots are too valuable. I, I, to me, I think this is – I'm not saying it's coming to a head this week, but it's coming to a head, and the Raiders have to at some point force that, agree or disagree.
3: Well, sure. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was projected to be a starter coming into the year. You mentioned Tyree Wilson didn't think he'd start because we thought that Chandler Jones would start opposite Max Crosby. And, you know, if you're you know, if you're still looking for production at that spot um, opposite Max Crosby in another week or two or whatever, and as the season goes on, you need that roster stuff. Or even yeah. if you're getting production from Chandler Jones replacements, you need that roster spot elsewhere. You know, you can't just be playing around with, uh, you know, empty spots, it, it, it just holding spots in the NFL. Uh, guys are too important. So I think hey, that and,
2: – and Especially when that means you're going into a, a – a you're going into a game without a full complement of players right. when other teams are. I mean, and, and, and listen, we're not talking about a guy who's sitting at the end of the bench we're talking about a guy who's a projected starter, potential right. future Hall of Famer. I mean, you need that spot. You ideally you need him to be him. Mm-hmm. But because of his personal matter <laughs> and situation he's dealing with, <laughs> if he can't be, you got to think about the organization
3: uh, about the organization. I mean, this is hurting the Raiders. It's a tricky situation, um, but I do think from a pure football 53 man roster, um, 53 man roster aspect, you have to look into all right, this can't keep going on for too long because, you know, from our perspective, we're getting, we're at a disadvantage because we are utilizing a roster spot on a guy who is not going to be available. And we're not talking about a guy who, is banged up with a sprained ankle or, or, you know, a tweaked muscle and is going to miss a game or two, but he's not going on IR, so we're keeping him around. We're talking about a guy who's – we don't know when, if and when he will be back. So I think it's something that, like you said, the Raiders are going to have to find a way to, to rectify that situation um, at some point. Yep.
2: I agree. All right, we're going to come back to the Raiders in a minute. I want to talk about the 2-0 and o teams, San Francisco – Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Philly, and Washington out of the NFC East, Baltimore, and Miami. So, of those teams, I would say Washington is the biggest
3: pretender. How about you? Uh, I think it's one of the South teams, to be honest with you. I mean, the South has... The NFC East and the NFC South each have three teams that are two and zero, and I just listen. I think that the Falcons could be a little more interesting than maybe we thought because with their run game and their defense. I think everybody yeah. sort of ex- expected the Saints to be the best team in that division. I'm not surprised they're two and zero, just with the, how good their defense is. Tampa Bay, I think. Listen, it's a fun start. Peter Mayfield, but- man. He is just uh, like a roach. He is never going to die. He just
2: keeps him alive. I mean listen, that's not a slam. No, no. I, I got to give him credit I, I love it. The,
3: every time that guy gets counted out, he just comes back. I agree. I think that I would probably lean towards Tampa Bay or maybe Atlanta being one of the bigger big, the biggest pretenders. Um now hey, let I'm gonna me tell you why I
2: disagree with that. Because when you got a good defense and you can run the football. I don't think you're a pretender. That's why I don't have Atlanta in there. Now, let me say this
3: about Washington. I don't think Washington is, has the staying power to compete in the NFC East to win the division. They're not as good as Philly or Dallas. Doesn't mean they can't get a win against them at some point during the year. But I don't think they can win 11 or 12 games and be at near the top of that, that division. However, could they – Hang around the wild card, Chase? We'll see. I, I would say that it's – it's. I would lean towards Tampa Bay, though, as the bigger pretender than Washington.
2: Oh, all right. I say Washington. Now let's go to the teams that are 0-2. New England Patriots, which, by the way, I've said this before to you privately. I don't know that I've said it publicly. If they don't make the playoffs, I think Bill Belichick gets fired. I'm just going to leave it right there. And – I will tell you, I'm not just coming up with that opinion. I've heard that from people close to the situation. The Natty, Houston, L.A. Chargers, and their boy wonder coach. Uh, I'm trying to remember, see a uh, Denver, Minnesota. Minnesota is pretty good. Chicago, Carolina, and Arizona. I think Minnesota. And the uh I think Minnesota, the Chargers, and the Natty are the three that are 0 and 2, but still I, I, I consider them to be and when I say con- contenders, I mean to get in the playoffs. I I, I I I can't if you if Sean Payton had taken over the Chargers, they'd be a completely different team. Their coach is just going to keep them out of it. So, I mean, when I look at it, Minnesota and and is a team I think because I believe in Kirk. He happens to be a friend, but I believe in Kirk. But I and I still believe in the Natty. If they can get Joe Burrow healthy, that guy is so good. So, the two contenders I think of the O and two, the Natty and Minnesota.
3: How about you? Well, I agree with. I'll say this first off with Cincinnati, I agree there as long as Joe Burrow is healthy. If he can't play for a Few weeks, all bets may be off because Jake Browning doesn't have enough to keep them uh, in the divisional race there. If Baltimore's good, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying the Browns or the Steelers are great by any means, but they both have good defenses that'll keep them in games. And I just don't see the, the Bengals winning that division with Jake Browning. If Joe Burrow is healthy, I think they'll be back in the playoffs. One of the Chargers in Minnesota is basically going to be eliminated this weekend, one of them, because they play each other. So now listen, don't rule out that game ending in a tie because <laughs> I have to be honest with you. That is the game on Sunday that I honestly think I'm most excited to see because I think some wild stuff could happen in that game because the Chargers have these crazy games every week, every year, and they usually lose by like two or three points. And Minnesota has these up and down games. And last year they won all of them, and they went 13-4. to they, they won all one-score games. And this year they lost two games that were kind of crazy to start the season. So I, I don't know that that game is going to have some interesting things happen. The winner will still be at least numerically and nominally in the playoff race. The loser at 0-3, I think, is done. And I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that. You know, I, if, if Minnesota falls to 0-3, Kevin O'Connell, I think his job he, – he's not going to lose his job, especially if they're going 13-4 last year. Um, I think people like – are Regression was coming, right. Um, Brandon Staley, if they keep losing, he might not survive the full regular season because listen, they, they have a lot of talent listen. on that roster. They have – they were almost made the playoffs two years ago. And they kind of they blew their opportunity against the Raiders, not taking any away from the Raiders, but they lost a close game there. Last year they make the playoffs and blow a 27-0 lead. I mean, there's talent on that roster. They just can't get it figured out. And eventually someone's got to pay. It already was the offensive coordinator. The next step is the head coach. All
2: well, 31 teams, not named Chargers in their fan bases, need to be praying that somehow Staley keeps his job. Because <laughs> if they get a good coach in Land, in the land of the Bolts, that team instantly becomes deadly. They are so talented, and that coach is just so terrible. All right, the Raiders, Allegiant Stadium, Sunday night football. The place is going to be electric. Can't wait. I think the Raiders come in and show us who they are. I think they punch the steel men in the face. I say Raiders win it 27-17. They stay on track with my prediction.
3: Matt Halatic, what say you? Well, I have the 17 that you do. I just have it ending a little differently. I have the Raiders winning 19-17 on a Daniel Carlson field goal. I think it's going to be an old-school kind of Raiders-Steelers physical defensive battle. Um I think that the Steelers defense is built to keep them in games, and in the case of Monday nights, win them some games. So I think they're going to be a tough matchup for the Raiders. Uh, I don't. The Raiders defense is, a, like you said, played showed some flashes this week. It's a work in progress. It's not as good as the Steelers, but I don't. I'm not buying into that Steelers offense right now. So I think the Raiders defense is going to keep them in the game. I think they're going to do enough offensively to win. I think they win 19-17. They go two and one. Um, which would keep it in line for where both of us kind of have our predictions right now.
2: Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I understand, you know, one thing Matt I've learned about the Raider fan base. First of all, they are just everything I thought they were. They're the most engaged, um, the best fan base I've ever worked with. Just phenomenal people, loyal, like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball and the Montreal Canadiens and Waukee. They know the sport Um, like Indiana and basketball, they know the sport. They know it's Raider fans are so smart. I understand your your franchise has underserved you for 20 years. I get the frustration. I really sincerely do. I mean, just win babies, the franchise's motto, and you fire every coach that takes you to the playoffs. I, I get it. This is not on the fans. But I understand, okay, it sucks. It's over. It's tanked for Caleb, which makes no sense. I'll get into that another time. But this, to me, is the biggest game in, in, in Josh McDaniels' tenure. Now, he's not going to get fired, win or lose. He's not going to get an extension for winning or get fired for losing. I'm not talking about that. But this is a game he should win. And you know this, Matt. I have a philosophy. I talk about the steps of becoming a winning player organization. I got this from Saban and others. But one of those steps is you win the games you should win. There's no shame in losing to Buffalo, how they did it, yes, but there was no shame. So you're able to put it behind you. This is a wounded uh, uh, Pittsburgh team. There's blood in the water. It's time for the Raiders to become sharks and go eat. This is a game you should win. This is a game you need to win because this is Josh McDaniels making a statement See, we are doing. Week one, we didn't play well. We found a way to win. Week two, we lost a game we should have lost. Week three, we beat a team we should beat. That's what I'm talking about. Do you agree this is the biggest game in the Josh McDaniels era with
3: the silver and black? I would say that's probably fair because I think it kind of sets the tone a little bit for how the rest of the season sets up. Because if you win Sunday – Now, or put it this way, looking ahead week four, obviously these can change. I think the Raiders lose in L.A. I think the Chargers win that game. So here's the thing. If you lose that game and you're 2-2, and all right, well now you're still coming home against the Packers. It's a game you can win. And you're playing the Patriots again. That's another game you can win. And then you're going to the Bears, which is a game you can win. So you have three games in a row – that are winnable games and at worst you'd be two and two. But if you're one and three, now the pressure's on and now fans are saying, here we go again. It's you know another losing season, blah 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 blah, all that stuff. I think this is a huge game to kind of set the tone for the rest of the season because I think that if they win this, even if they lose to the Chargers, they can be hang around that playoff race for a little while because I mean, listen, even looking further into November at the lions, the lions are a better team, but the lions are still prone to be the lions. You don't know that they have home games against the giants and jets that are winnable games. So yeah. these are games that, that they can get, but I think they, it all starts on Sunday night.
2: Yeah. And I expect them to lose at the chargers mm-hmm. and, um, you know. know, not seeing anything to change that. Not saying it won't change, but for right now. But this is a game. Josh McDaniels needs this. He needs to be able to show Raider Nation, look it. I know you've been let down for 20 years. I know you're mad at me because I w- was with the Patriots. But please, this is to – my whole deal is I'm not a fan – And so my job is I operate in reality. So when they go and lose at Buffalo, I'm able to say, yeah, this, this, and this, but they should have lost this game. I think they're going to win this one. If I'm going to continue to believe like I believe that this team is, and I do believe it, this is a game they got to win. Just got to win it. It's just just one of those things, you know, go out there, double knot your shoes, get some extra tape, put on some extra eye black, and go kick somebody's butt. This is what it's about. This is football. And, and it's a violent uh, sport. Now, listen, lastly, this has been my my theme, if I'm Josh McDaniels. My team thing this week is physicality. In the words of the great, legendary, beautiful, gorgeous, stunning Olivia Newton-John, who everyone from my generation fondly remembers, you want to get physical. This is the game they've got to get physical. My my, my my motto as a defense is make Kenny Pickett arm beat me. That is that that that's and then on on offense, it's very simple. Attack, attack,
3: attack. Where am I wrong in my scouting report this week? No, I again, I and I'm not just because I, I I'm not just saying this because I you know we're on together. I, I gotta agree with everything you say because. We don't always agree, but I in this case, I think that you have to make Kenny Pickett beat you. I don't trust that Steelers' run game, especially with Najee Harris, too. He hasn't looked great, but I think when you look at Kenny Pickett, and I'm not saying he's not going to be a, a good quarterback in the league, but the first two games, he has not looked sharp. I mean, really, if you look at last week, um, or Monday night, you know, they were bailed out. They they got a big catch and run by George Pickens. That was a long touchdown. And then they scored two defensive touchdowns to win the game. So the offense is not – Pittsburgh's offense still looks shaky. Um, I don't think their offensive coordinator is very good. Matt Cannon, I don't think he really puts the guys in the best positions. So, I mean, this is a I'm team – I'm going to say
2: something to you. I love Mike Tomlin, and you know that. Yeah, no, I do too. I have a great, I have a great relationship. I love Mike Tomlin. I have a lot of respect for the Steelmen. I'm friends with multiple players on the team. I'm friends with people on the staff of the team. I love Tomlin. Love the Steelmen. Okay. The hiring of Matt Canada, I mean, is so ugly. It, it reminds me of the last time I showered with the lights on. Uh, it, it's a very un- unhappy looking thing. I, I, it's it's it, it's ugly. I'm not a Matt Canada fan. In fact, I'm not going to say who, but a member of that organization when Matt Canada got hired, I sent him a text and I put, "Are you kidding me?"
3: <laughs> and all
2: I got back was a uh, face. <laughs> I don't get this. I don't understand it because I think Kenny Pickett is going to be a pretty good quarterback. I'm I'm a Kenny Pickett guy. Not a Matt Canada guy. Oh, oh! this is time now. I said it earlier. There is blood in the water. It's time for the Raiders to be the Sharks and go eat. And and I'm going to tell you, Matt, I am so excited for this football game. You know, I get paid to do this. I go to a lot of games. You know, I'm I'm watching the Raiders. I'm watching uh, Pittsburgh take on the Browns, all this stuff. I am really excited for this football game. I, I am jacked up for this football game. I think this is going to be the Raiders saying, listen, we're not a Super Bowl team. Y'all know it. But look, at we're making progress. This is a big one. It's going to be a good one. All right, Matt picks them to win. I pick them to win. Wow. Because Matt is not riding the Raiders like I am this year with nine. It's going to be a good one. Matt, I appreciate all you do at thespun.com. It's It's just, it, to me, I, it's funny. I enjoy it. You guys keep it light and you do a terrific job. So everybody go to spun.com, thespawn.com. make it just one of your favorites. I read it literally every morning. It's the second after I do my devotions, it's a, it's the a second website that I read and uh, I enjoy it. Matt, I appreciate you, brother. Look forward to seeing you soon. Always a pleasure, man. Got to get you out here for
3: the for the Giants game. That's I, that's something I I could try to make that work. We'll see. We'll see. I'll take care of your housing that's a tough offer to turn down especially because you're my buddy
2: all right my friend (laughs) talk to you real next week this is Matt Halatic from thespun.com I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast part of the Fans First Sports Network we'll see you tomorrow everybody
1: In that case,
0: I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network.